0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go.
1: I had another exciting deal. You notice Kim's not here today. Uh, uh, Kim Casey, that does our merchandise in the back, her son got married on uh, on Saturday, and we drove up to Greeley, and uh, I love weddings. Uh, it, it's just a magical time. And uh, it was pretty cool because I got some new garb, you know? And, and, and it's one thing when you try it on to make sure everything fits. But, uh, you know, when you wear it out for the first time, there's just something about a new pair of breeches and a new shirt, maybe a new pullover or something. You just kind of feel a little bit fancy. You know what I mean? And so I was in a good mood. I'd had a week off. I'd, you know, gone back home and here it's New Year. What a better way to celebrate New Year's Day than, than to witness two people making a covenant before God and promising to love each other and, uh, and all that, and, and there was really w- one funny part in there, whenever the, uh, whenever the pastor talked about the, uh, the covenant agreement to love each other through thick and thin, and, and, and then he talked about the covenant marriage bed, and the wife got tickled, and you could see her shoulders doing this for about 10 minutes. <laughs> I think about the wrong things, right? I mean, it was great. I loved it. But uh, anyway, so I get there and and, and Dwight and Sandy are there and uh, uh, the Youngers are there and, you know, Phil and Eva are there. And so, as any good preacher does, I'm making the rounds. Feeling good, feeling top-notch, kind of got your hat just a little bit crooked like this. That's the way we do it from Texas when you're feeling just a little bit cocky, you know what I mean? I'm just feeling good, man. I was in new garb. Shaking everybody's hands, happy New Year's, merry Christmases. Things could not have been going better. I mean, I'm sitting there talking to Dwight and I'm shaking hands, kind of giving some people a hard time because that's what I do. And just feeling on top of the world. And then something happened that just, I want you to picture in your minds a second a 12 foot blown up balloon that I just go and let go. because that's exactly how I felt. So I'm looking good. My wife is looking smoking hot. Kind of got some arm candy walking in this place, you know what I mean? It's kind of cool. Sometimes you just feel 20 foot tall, right? You're talking to everybody, seeing people from church meeting some new people. And then your daughter comes in front of the whole church and peels the sticker off the back of your new britches. (laughs) That said size 3136, all the way down that you forgot to take off. I went and sat my butt down. <laughs> I looked like that deflated balloon too. I was just like. <laughs> Riley was trying to cheer me up. She's like, it's okay, dad. And I'm like, yeah, just standing in front of a church. Everybody's like, yeah, save the cowboy preacher. Look, you can see it by the sticker on his pants. You know, I believe that I had everything just right, and Riley came and pulled a sticker off, and you know, sometimes you think you've got it so right, man, you're looking sharp, you're thinking the right things, you're acting the right way, and then something happens and you're just like, ugh, maybe I should have paid more attention as we went on. maybe Maybe everything wasn't just right. I have a question for you. It's a simple question, and I hope that I know the answer. But I'm wondering, is that it? Here's the question. It's a question that that ha- I mean, it's only a few words. It, it doesn't involve any math. Math with it doesn't have any letters in the math problem. I mean, th- there's no syntax. We don't have to conjugate verbs. It, it, it's not. It's just a simple question. But it's a question like Ty said that can change your life whenever you tr- because you're going to have a knee-jerk answer. You're going to say, "Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure 99 percent of you, if asked the question verbally and I ask you to respond, I'm pretty sure what 99 percent of you's answer would be. But I wonder if that won't make you pause to really consider if you know what the answer to the question is. What it truly is. And here's the question. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? It's not a hard question. It's actually very, very simple. But the lessons that we can learn when we really kind of go in to that question can leave us kind of pondering. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Most people say they believe in God. But most people don't believe a word he says. Because if they did, their lives would be transformed. How can you believe in God but not believe a word that He says? It it kind of made me step back and think, what do I believe? Because the Bible is full of things that the, that the Bible says, you should do things this way. You shouldn't do these things. And, and, and we take all of those and it's like, okay, if God says to do it, I'm going to do it the opposite. If God tells me to stay away from it, I'm going to do it. and, and, and we. Our natural instincts, you would think, that flipping a coin with, you know, do it or don't do it according to God, you'd think that we might get it right half the time, but we don't. Our natural instincts will get it wrong every single time. Because God says, my ways are not your ways, and your ways are not my ways. So here's the question. Do you believe in God? And if you say, yes, I do believe in God, then do you believe what he says, maybe it the more important question is, do you know what he says? How do we know what he says? Well, there's you know, there, there's a couple of ways. I mean, the obvious is to read the Bible. But I know I've been a preacher. I've heard a thousand excuses. Um, you know, uh, I don't have time. I don't understand it. It's boring. And, and, and I get all of that. I, I get all of that. But how else are you going to know what he says if you don't read what he said? There's another way. You can come to our clinics. This is what this is today. It's a clinic. We are telling you what God said. We are telling you things that if you will go and you will put them into practice in your life, it will change your life. Talk to Ty. Talk to Kathy. Talk to my wife. Talk to Gary and Megan. Talk to, some of the, talk to Stephen. Talk to Brett. Talk to Daryl. When when you start applying the Bible, when you apply, not, not necessarily the Bible, but what God says, when you start applying it, it will transform your life. Do you believe in God? And if you say you do, then why are you not doing what He says to do? Because it's real easy to say, yeah, I believe in God. Maybe we don't believe in Him as much as we think, or else we would do what He said to do. James 2.17, you can turn there if you want to, you can just listen. James 2.17 says this, you believe that there is God? Even the demons believe that and they shudder. So when we go around and say, yeah, I think there's a God, big deal. Even the demons believe that there's a God and they shudder in fear. Yeah, we just prance along happy, thinking that this is all there is to life and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, I've kind of identified four types of people that believe in God. Okay, and I put that in quotation marks, uh, uh, cat scratches, whatever you want to call it. These are four types of people that just believe in God. This is how their relationship with God goes. The first type is they use God as the saddle horn, okay? They only go to God when life starts to buck them off, okay? They never think about God at any other time, but as soon as they're a problem boy, they'll latch on, and suddenly they get this new language of, oh God, you're the greatest. They start posting you know, cheesy Christian cliche quotes on Facebook that type amen and share and comment if you love Jesus, and they post like a thousand of them thinking that that's going to make a difference. But they just, they're, they're saddle horn Christians. I mean, they, they say they believe in God, but really all they want is somebody to get them out of the problems that they probably caused themselves. Saddlehorn Christians. The second group of people that believe in God are those that are riding double. You know what I mean? You you, you get your friend, now we all did it as kids, those of us that grew up with horses. You know, you you got your friend and you put him on the back of your horse and and y'all went out for a ride. Some of the worst wrecks in the history of mankind came from riding double. (laughs) There was one time that I rode double with a friend of mine. We were going to be bull riders. Showed how smart we were, right? Anybody, Anybody a bull rider in here? We've got smart people in here, Ty. We're making a difference. We can end it right there. Thank y'all for coming. Jared was our only bull rider. Now he's in Wyoming working in the winter up in the mountains. See? Cruz? No, not really. Me and my buddy Tony, we was going to be bull riders. So his daddy bought two roping steers for us to practice on. We'd flank, we'd put our little bull ropes on these steers. and uh, One, I don't remember what color it was, but there was this one black one, he'd get you. And so we were going to teach this black steer a lesson. We was probably like in the fifth grade or something. We decided that, that it was too easy for this steer to buck one of us off, so we was both going to get on him. <laughs> but we was so cool, we was going to do something a little different. Tony was going to get up there like Lane Frost, hold on to the bull rope. I was going to turn around backwards and hang on to the flank rope. Our friends thought this was the greatest idea in the history of mankind. <laughs> Peer pressure is a mighty force of nature. Yeah, y'all do it, man. We'll be seeing. It. it was gonna be like that. They were gonna make songs about this. I'm sure y'all probably heard about it, right? Because that. I mean, that's the way we thought. So we get in there and we flank that black steer up, tie that. That flank rope off, and Tony gets down and he gets pulled tight and he takes the old suicide wrap, you know, something with your pinky or something. I just stick my old hand in there. We're like, all right, boys, let him out. Well, we, it's a little bit, you know, that old steer didn't know quite what to think of it because we was all clinched down and had some tea leaves in our lips we couldn't buy Copenhagen. Let's go, boys, let's go. He came out, went out there, trotted out a few ways, and then he bucked, and then something amazing happened. We had a come-to-Jesus meeting. Because the first thing that happened was mine and Tony's heads went Whack! I would like to say that we got up and brushed it off, but I think we both peed and bawled right there in the arena. This will be a great idea. See, some people, they kind of do God the same way. They're like, come on, God, come and ride with me. Get up here behind me, God, and and go where I go. Do the things that I want to do. Believe, God, the things that I want to believe. I, I love this comment, or this quote. I don't know who said it, but it was great. It said, Uh... We have successfully created God in our own image when God thinks like we think and believes the same things that we believe. We have successfully created God in our own image when He thinks, acts, and feels exactly the same way we do. See, that's the, that's the Christians that believe in God, but yet they've got everything figured out. God believes exactly like they do. They don't believe what God says. God believes like they do. That's the riding double Christians. Then you've got. Okay. Eva, would you hold Phil's hand? He'll need you for just a second. Got <laughs> any team ropers in here? Fixing <laughs> to make fun of team ropers for a second. Ty's grinning from ear to ear. Now, I'm picking on team ropers. It's not just team ropers, I see it everywhere. You see that old cowboy? It's cooler than cool. He's got his leg kicked over the saddle horn while he's sitting on his good old broke horse. You ever seen somebody bucked off when that happens? (laughs) It is great. It is great. Because believe it or not, you can stay on a long time when you clinch the saddle horn between your knee. But when you come off, oh my gosh, is it grand. It is absolutely grand. And even though I'm making fun uh, uh, of that, I'm using it as an illustration to say that those types of Christians that believe in God, they're, they're the type that's just laissez faire. I don't even know if that I don't even know what that means, but I'm just using it. It sounded great, didn't it? It wasn't even in the notes, dude. I think like God gave that to me or something right then. Not really. Uh, but they're the type of Christians that believe in God, but God loves me just like I am. I can go do whatever I want to do. And God just loves me. And, and I'm going to go to heaven because I said I believed in him. I didn't ever do anything He said. My life was never magically transformed. I lived a life of fear and worry and chasing after money and, and, and chasing after the Joneses. And I was miserable my entire life, but hey, I believe that there was a God. They're, they're just lackadaisical. My gosh, I'm on a roll. Somebody better be writing these big words down. But anyway, they got, they got their leg kicked over the saddle horn, and everything is just great. We can do whatever we want to do. We can just go our own path. God's going to love us no matter what. And that's right. That's right. God does love you no matter what. He loved us so much that even before you were born, he sent his son to die for you. And then you've got this guy. Boy, And this is big in cowboy church right here. I've even said it. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But you've got the, just give God the reins crowd. you just got to give God the reins. Give God the reins. If you've ever worked on a ranch, you probably worked with somebody like me or Ty, that if you're not holding on to the reins, they'll ride by and grab your reins and ride off with it. What's the first thing you try to do when somebody takes your reins and takes off with you and your horse? Try to get them back. And that's exactly what we do with God. It sounds good. It, sound, what, it sounds... Well, you want to talk about Christian cowboy? Give God the reins of your life. Boy, it sounds great. The only problem is, I know every single cowboy out there, as soon as somebody else takes the reins, first thing they do is lean forward and try to get them back. Here's a question Do you believe in God? Matthew 7 21, 23. It's kind of a sobering, probably one of the scariest verses in the Bible. And it says this This is Jesus talking, it's red letter stuff. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly. Then I will tell them plainly. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Do you believe in God? This isn't a hellfire and brimstone sermon. But I'm here to tell you that be careful how you answer that question. Because I think, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people that don't get to the proverbial pearly gates. I nearly said purpley gates because of proverbially. You see what I did there? A lot of people won't reach those pearly gates because they believe that there was a God. James 2.17 says that even the demons believe that there is one God and they shudder. Jesus himself says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this, and didn't we do that? And he'll say, get away from me, for I knew you not. Do you believe in God? And if you do, why are you not doing what he says? Now, I'm not talking about rules. I'm not talking about following some stupid checklist so that we can pat ourselves on the back. Here are Three great things of what God said. Okay, because I know a lot of you're like, "Oh, so I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that and I got it." No, 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 no. Listen, these are three things that God said in Hebrews 11:6. Think about this. And with God, this what I'm fixing to tell you is that God rewards. God is full of rewards. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what that means is what you do means absolutely nothing. Who you are and the faith and the trust and the dependence upon him is everything because that's what faith is. It's not about what you do out there. Now, we do things as a result of what we've been given. When you become a Christian, you will be led because God will be leading you to do things for other people. But it says right here, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, number one, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But see, that's the second part. You can't just believe that He exists. You have to earnestly seek Him. You have to find somebody named Ernest and get Him to show you. <laughs> it's a joke. you got to look after Him. You've got to go at after him with all your heart. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given unto you. Everything that you've been searching for, God wants to reward you with everything that you want, everything that you need. Well, let me rephrase that. Every, not everything you think you want, everything that He knows that you need. Okay? God is not a genie, you know. He's gonna give you the important things in life. I love what Corey Tin Boone said. She said, do not hold on to something so tightly lest it hurt you when God pries your fingers open. The ways of this world, He will try to pry our fingers away from death and get us to latch on to life. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly Seek Him. There's a one. My new favorite song in the world is uh, is by Cody Jinks. It's called Cast No Stone. And the second verse says, uh, I don't talk to Jesus as much as I should, and I don't read the Good Book as often as I could. We've got to switch that around. We need to talk to Jesus every single day, all day long. Get in that habit. It'll be hard at first, but. Get to know Him. Talk to Him all day long. And, I, you know, you, you talk to yourselves most of the day. I know you. You talk to your... Well, why, why am I doing that? Where did I lay this? Where did I lay that? I've been remodeling my house. I can't find a single tool. I spend half of my time remodeling, trying to figure out where I just laid that screwdriver. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but... Earnestly seeking, that's what it has to do with. We must earnestly seek Him. The second thing is... Well... Under God's rewards, most people never experience the rewards of God because they only stop at believing He exists. It's not enough just to think that there is a God. It's not. The second thing that you need to understand is God is not mad at what you did. You know that thing, that way of life that you used to lead, or maybe that way of life that you're living right now? God's not mad at you for it. Why? Because Jesus Himself said this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Do you know that Jesus' purpose in coming to this earth was to save you? It was not to point point His finger at you and tell you about all the things you did wrong. You know what you did wrong. And He knows it too. Yet He picks us up and He says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He wants what's best for you, and He knows that He is the only way that you will receive that. And yet we go through our lives depending upon ourselves, depending upon our jobs to provide us with money to buy the things that we think are gonna make us happy, and our, our closets and our garages and our barns and our pens and our trucks are filled with things that we thought would make us happy, and they did for that long. The third thing. God wants to share everything with you. Saw a quote the other day that said something like this. Let me make sure I can get this right. God made his son become a man so that men could become sons of God. God sent his son to be a man so that man could become sons of God. Something like that. It was better than that, but listen to this. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. His divine power, not yours, his divine power has given us everything we need to experience life. His divine power has given us everything that we need to experience life. Now, what does that tell me? That tells me that it's already been given to you. It's like we are like people that are moments away from dying of thirst, and there's a water set right in front of us. And all we have to do is pick it up and drink it. That's why Jesus says, I am the water." of life. I am the well. Anyone who drinks this water will never become thirsty again. His divine power has given us everything we need to experience life, true life. How about this kind of life? Whenever I say, do you believe in God and why aren't you doing what He says? This is what I'm talking about. He has given us everything we need to experience life, which is free from fear, worry, and living for the approval of others. How many of you are living in fear, are living in worry, and living day to day, depending on the approval of others and letting the disapproval of others just totally wreck your life? That's what God wants to give you, is freedom from that. And as a matter of fact, He says it. in Just a second. His divine power has given us everything we need to experience life and to reflect God's true nature through the knowledge of the One who called us by His glory and virtue. Through these things, we have received... He's already given it to us, but He's not going to make you take it. He has all... Through these things, we have received God's great and valuable promises so we might escape the corruption of worldly desires and share in the divine nature. Think about that. Through these things we have received God's great and valuable promises so we might escape. Didn't you ever think that there was more to life than this? I mean, really? Do you think you were put on earth to go work your eight to five job Monday through Friday? Most of us, most of the world, look at how many ads are on TV and all of this stuff that is all about retirement, right? Boy, you just got to save up and save up so that you can retire and do what you want to do. How about quit all that and do what God wants you to do now and let him take care of you? Because he will. Why? Because he promised it. Will it be scary? Absolutely. Will you be able to afford to go eat out every day like you always do? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the point is, is it says, so we might escape the corruption of worldly desire and share in the divine nature. In other words, so that you can live forever in peace and fulfillment. That's what doing what God said. That's what that means. So here's the question. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Because we must move past merely believing that God exists and start believing He is who He says He is and that He will do what He says He will do. We have to get to a point when He says, hey man, stay away from that. It'll hurt you. That we go, oh crap, maybe I shouldn't do that because God says it'll hurt me. So I'm not going to do that anymore because He wants what's best for me. He doesn't want to keep me from having fun. He wants me to experience true life. Would you rather experience a moment of temporary fruitless pleasure or a life without fear, a life without worry, a life with meaning, a life where the only approval you needed was God's approval and that when somebody said something about you, it didn't just totally wreck your life, but neither did you need somebody to pat you on the back to know that you were somebody and that you meant something. Do you believe in God? And if you do, then why are you not doing what he says to do? Go home. In 2016, I want it to be your mission to start living a life of what God says to do. No more just thinking about yourselves every single day because that is the snake eating its tail. It's an endless circle. You will never be happy. Don't just hand God the reins so that you can take them back when the trail gets a little bit steep. Hand him the reins. Give him the bridle. Shoot, take your saddle off. Take your saddle pad off. Give him the whole horse and walk. Whatever you have to do, but what I don't want you to do is no longer think that just because you believe that there's a God, that your life is going to be magically transformed. It's not. Your life will be magically transformed when you give your life to God. When you earnestly seek Him. Why? Because God rewards. God is not mad at you. And He wants to share everything with you, but He's not gonna make you do it. You have a choice. Will you be one of the few that walks out of here today, just like Ty said, a new creation? It happens just like that. You can start a brand new life right now, right here today.
0: Let's go to God in prayer.
1: God, thank you for your message. God help us. We can't do any of this on our own. Let this first step in a, being a new creation and new life and a new cowboy, a new cowgirl, let it start right now with trusting that you will do what you say you'll do and that you will save us and you will lead us to a life of fulfillment and happiness as we lead a life devoted wholly and totally 100% focused on you. We know that you said that you clothe the Birds of the air and the flowers in the field, and how much more do you care for us? And you will never let us down. You will never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we thank you for that. God, that person that's sitting there, that they're struggling with this because they know it's what they need to do, but they're having a hard time letting go of these
0: worldly desires. God, encourage them right now. Send your angels to do what, he, what you did for them and for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Send your angels
1: down to strengthen these people so that they can do what you call them to do. But the mark of true change isn't how they walk out of here. It's how they live each and every day from here on out. Little tiny habits every day of talking to you, of reading a little bit, of keeping our mind and our focus on you and not this world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.